Hello and welcome back to the Schooner Pod. I'm your host, Bobby Howard. With me today, my co-host, Jameson Maxwell, and we are here for another episode of Bye Bye Big 12, uh, the second to last edition. We are almost through all of the departing or the, the Big 12 members we're leaving behind, and we're going to head to uh, the Baylor Bears uh, and take on a team that is interesting because through the start of this decade, not an interesting series at all, um, mm. or a couple decades of, of the Big 12, um, but, but uh in recent times a very 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 interesting series yeah it didn't really pick up steam to the 2010s uh there was the one like i remember people talking about the uh double overtime game in 2005 um that oh you ended up winning that was a big name but we could talk about this memory of baylor you know obviously i talked about on the last episode of kansas to go check that out if you haven't watched already but you know, recency bias is so strong. And obviously us being a little bit younger, like I remember the things more recent. And I think like, you know, whenever I think of Baylor in versus Oklahoma, I think of like competitiveness, but that the records really don't show that. Right. So just a quick little rundown. OU, you know, they didn't really play a lot in non-conference before, before 1996 uh, when they joined. Oh, yeah, undefeated in five, just unremarkable non-conference matchups. And then starting a Big 12 play, uh, the series has been uh, 23 and five, but Baylor didn't win their first game until 2011, which is wild, especially because they're in the same uh, same division. So they were winning, you know, they're playing every year. Um, of course, the time we're talking about, Baylor what goes uh, three and one from 2011 to 2014. Uh, including two big, big-time blowouts uh, in where, years they won the Big 12 championship. They really ran mm. the conference. And uh, barring a Big 12 championship meeting, the Baylor series is going to end on a two-game winning streak uh, for the Bears after uh, Dave Aranda's win in Norman last year. Um, yeah, and weirdly enough, that overtime game you brought up, first overtime game ever at Owen Field. So. Oh, that's kind of cool. And the thing is, like, you know, our memories of Baylor, and here we go again. We're going down the same road. We're going to talk about negative memories first because I guess this is just how my brain works. I'm sorry, everybody. But, you know, like, my memories of Baylor, you know, like the times that I feel like I got hurt the most by the quarterback was RG3. That's like the legend. Like, RG3 came out and destroyed us in 2011. But really the quarterback that really took us for a ride the worst was Bryce Petty. Yeah. In 2013 and 2014, obviously those teams were just not that good of Oklahoma. The Oklahoma teams were not that good, but Bryce Petty just had his way with us every single time we played him. Yeah, and I think that's I think that's a fair memory because with, with 20 with, with 2011 and RG3 because that was his game. That was his Heisman moment. Mm-hmm. Yep. So not only did it happen, but we just got it blasted across our ESPN constantly. Uh, watching him, you know, tear apart whatever small national title ch- hopes we had at the time. Um, mm-hmm. But you're right. Um, Baylor doesn't become Baylor without OU losing that game. Uh, obviously, very short turnaround, but it, it set off something different with that program. Uh, other things did too. We won't get into that. Uh, but uh, 2013 <laughs> and 14, brutal, brutal games. That 13 game, uh, pretty good OU team. The OU team that ended up beating Alabama in the Sugar Bowl. Um, gets completely blown out on that Thursday night. Uh, that's the one where Sterling Shepard got completely, you know, speared. So love that. Um, but apparently just a brutal, mm-hmm. it was just a brutal game. Not fun. 
Um, Bryce Petty tore us apart, of course. Uh, and then 2014, uh, which was, I'm pretty sure that was our dad's day, our freshman year. And it was, it, it started out good. Started out pretty good. Like, OU was, they were down, but like it was a fight. And then that second half drive, Jameson, mm-hmm. I'm sure you remember. Yes. Every quarterback playing 10 yards off, getting just <laughs> down the field little by little. And I, I swear, I, I've seen some stuff at Owen Field. I don't think I've seen a crowd boo that bad. <laughs> like, boo their own team that badly. That was un- unbelievable. It was so bad. 48-14 to 14 at home loss. And it's not like, you know, we were nothing. Obviously, we had a couple losses beforehand. But, you know, like, we were still ranked at the time. Just that was such a painful, painful game. Corey Coleman just, I remember like watching him and I was like, damn, this guy is just special. And I mean, he did have like a couple years, like in the NFL where he played for a little bit, but I, that game made me think he was some kind of like superstar. Yeah. I mean, he was unreal and look, let's just parlay this into the next year where like, even though 13 and 14 were bad, 15 was great and like that's i feel like 15 gets overlooked because of how bad baylor fell after that you know the mm-hmm. whole Bryles thing went down that summer like cory coleman was a heisman like a fringe heisman guy that year they were handing out little towels that said cory coleman for heisman at, co- at college game day like they were they were on top of the world mm-hmm. and that was a really good game too um that was that was honestly a lot of fun you know jarrett stidham came in obviously Baylor sneaky had a lot of really quality quarterbacks throughout the 2010s like you know we talk about you know Bryce Petty Jarrett um Stidham uh a lot of really good players uh but that was a really really fun game yeah and for me like if we look at 15 I feel like most people say their favorite game was uh the Tennessee game which is fair that's a memorable game mm-hmm. incredible comeback 15 for me was like 15 Baylor was an experience. It was our, uh, my sophomore year. Um, you know, OU had kind of been down. Baylor was like the team, the standard. No one, I really felt like gave OU that much of a shot. I'll, I'll never forget talking with, um, one of my wife's what, now wife's, uh, friends and went to Baylor and, um, I was like, yeah, so what do you think about the game? And he goes, yeah, I mean, I think oh, you'll keep it close, but like eventually uh, Baylor pulls away and wins 42 to 14. That was how they looked at Baylor, and that was how they looked at OU at the time. And what Baker Mayfield, Sterling Shepard, all of them did was completely reverse it and put OU right back on top of the Big 12. And it was a rainy night, a really wild night, back and forth. You know, you didn't know if OU was going to hold on for the win, but um, – just an incredible incredible game um and personally my favorite of 15 my favorite of that whole championship november run uh with tcu and oklahoma state as well um just an incredible incredible moment Mm -hmm. yeah i i don't want to get too far ahead because we're kind of going chronologically i kind of had a a game settled out in my head and this is all dependent on hopefully you not looking at the 2011 oklahoma baylor box score beforehand but even if you did let's just go ahead and play it for fun um and let's play the game of how many touchdown throws did Landry Jones have that game? Any guesses? Ooh, 
This is good because I didn't look at the box score. Okay, good. I don't good. have it so written For the down. listeners, this will be fun too. So obviously this game was 38 to 45, the RG3 game. It was a lot of fun. Um, how many touchdowns do you think Landry Jones had? I'm I'll give you a hint. Him. He had 447 yards and RG3 had 479 yards. Did he – hold on. Did he have all five? No, he had zero. He oh had zero God. touchdown passes <laughs> That's because – because Blake Bell ran in four touchdowns. It's the Belldozer here. Oh my, <laughs> of course it was Belldozer's year. I forgot Belldozer was a thing at 11 too. Yeah, that yeah. was his first year of being of, of Belldozing. Wow. Yeah, and then Trey Millard had our other touchdown. So Roy Finch, our leading rusher, didn't even have a touchdown either. So it was wow. just Blake Bell and Trey Millard. Just our heavy set, I the guess. Boys. All right. <laughs> Can you guess who our leading receiver was that game? Uh, 11. I'm guessing it's not Kenny Stills because Kenny Stills would be too easy. Yes, it obviously that would be too easy, right? Just you got to think really hard of another receiver on that team because obviously there weren't too many big names on that on that team. I guess you know the tight end was a big name too, but it's not James either. I was gonna say, is it James Hanna? But I no, it's not. It's not. You Um, can just give up if you can't think of it. Um, let's go with the. Um, I, I think I have an idea. Oh, it's, it's 20, probably coming to you now. If it's 11. Then would that be, um, oh my God, the, the, the Penn state transfer Brown or is it no. Jalen, did Jalen Saunders? No, I'm sorry. To jazz tell Reynolds? You, it was jazz Reynolds. No it was jazz Reynolds. It was oh one God. of his big games. Um, wow. seven catches and 114 yards. I remember the Oklahoma fan gate fan base having such a polarizing opinion of what Jazz Reynolds. Everyone was like, look at his hands. They're huge. Like, he could be a specimen. And then you have games like this. You know, he's seven catches, 114 yards. Like, oh, yeah, that's Jazz Reynolds. The next game, he'd go, like, one catch for, like, three yards. And we'd be like, what What happened, Jazz? Um, that, that's that, an all-time, just, just a like, super deep cut. Random OU moment. You know, like, one guy goes off and then is never seen again. That 2011 mm-hmm. team kind of had that because – wasn't that the year with uh, with Dominique Whaley? Dom, I think it was later in the year, right? Because he overtook Roy Finch, and Roy Finch kind of got pissed, right? Yeah, and I, I, I'm pretty sure Whaley got hurt. Uh, like he played, he 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 was a shooting star and burnt out very quickly. He like had that really good game against I think Kansas State, and then he got hurt like midseason, and we had to go back to Finch. Mm-hmm. That, that was a Dom, pretty snake. Dom Whaley was fun. Honestly, yeah. he was a lot of fun as a football player. That was a pretty snake bit OU team too, because um, I'm pretty sure that was the year we had uh, Ryan Broyles get hurt um, mm-hmm. against Texas A&M as well. So like we lost, we did lose a lot of guys that year. It was, yeah. it, was it was funky. Not Don not Willie started in 2011. That's when he played seven games that season. Yeah, that was his first season. Yeah, that's damn. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a weird year. Nine we, touchdowns we, in seven games, pretty impressive. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, that that is a, a couple game wonder for sure, Don Whaley. So yeah, and t- mm-hmm. and even the way Baylor won that one, they they had that weird pass. It was like ref- like deflected and then like went a couple mm-hmm. yards downfield, and it was just a just one of those magic moments where you have to throw your hands up and say, "Man, it just happened." You know, what, what what can you do about it? Yeah. All right, let's get back on our chronological order because honestly, I think it was kind of working. Uh, we were talking about, I think we had just overcame the 2014, 2013, and we were moving into, you were really liking 2015. 
Yeah. And we, OU kind of started on a run there, um, 2015, and didn't look back until 2021. Right. 16 was a, a non memorable game. Uh, mm-hmm. 17 had to escape. Uh, they, they narrowly escaped, escaped Baylor. Uh, first big game after uh, Ohio State. Like, kind of needed to battle back in McLean Stadium. Wild stuff. That Baylor team ended up horrible. It was Matt Rule's first year. Um, they won like two games. So not not a lot of great memories with 17. Uh, but a star was born there. And that's whenever I loved Denzel Mims. You know, I thought he was the second coming of, you know, like Randy Moss. It was like, I was like, this guy is special. Yeah, that was the start of Mimsy, the first Mimsy. And, you know, I, I remember... <laughs> That performance made us talk about him for like way too long on our, our first ever Big 12 preview <laughs> because he killed us. Oh, man. He's, he was just taking all his talents or just wasted at New York Jets. So we don't know what he truly could have been. Yeah, uh, agreed. Um, who knows? 18, uninteresting. Uh, Kyler just kind of diced him up. It was an easy, easy win for OU. But Matt Rule finally had it together in 2019. Uh, sneakily put together a great team and had a massive, it was one of those massive college game day setups and Baylor comes out firing. This is an OU team at, at the time. Um, they still had championship hopes, lost to uh, Kansas state, got down bad again, like they did against Kansas state, got down 28 to three early. And then they stormed back in that second half for at the time, the greatest comeback in OU football history. Uh, what a moment that was. I, I, I still look back at that game and have no idea how he pulled that thing off. Mm. Remind me, Bobby. So I know Charlie Brewer went down with that neck injury concussion in the championship game afterwards. Right. In the 20th. But did he also get one in the 28 to three comeback game? Did he also get hit then? Cause I remember that being like, that was a worry. Like he got hit twice. I think he ended up continuing to play if i remember correctly okay i uh, but i remember they, like the 28 to 3 was like a super cool comeback but i was like i remember there was like one tiny little asterisk in the back of my brain yeah because i don't think Zeno played like in that one and gary was, bohannon was also the backup too oh they, they had they had Zeno and gary bohannon there what a weirdly stacked team yeah i don't remember i don't remember that happening but that was that was an incredible game Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Brewer, Brewer yeah. played the whole time, and it like. was made even better by sitting right next to Boat and Blake the whole time, who uh, put on a little Baylor sweatshirt, and um, yeah, uh, things went things went pretty tough there in that second Baylor, half. Baylor had like that was a squad. Just like looking at their roster now, like Jamichael Hasty at running back, like that's a really quality running back. You know, Denzel Mims, the wide receiver, and then you had <clears throat> RJ Sneed too, John Lovett, Chris Platt, Josh Fleeks, Tyquan Thornton were all the guys who caught passes for Baylor. And I recognize all six of those names. You know, like yeah. that's a kind of a pretty good squad. I mean, we don't even talk about their defense. You know, yeah. Bravion Roy, I remember was like the guy there that was like, oh, he's just a monster in the middle. Yeah. I mean, that, that the Baylor defense that year, that was like their calling card. Uh, more mm-hmm. than anything, you know, rule completely flipped that team to be a defensive minded, tough nosed uh, ball club. And, you know, they could still be good at offense, but obviously hit a complete brick wall in the set that second half um, and couldn't really do much. Oh, you made a couple mistakes here and there, but the, the offense, you know, just completely ran flat uh, shut out in that second half, which is pretty, 
pretty insane for an Alex Grinch defense to shut you out in the second half, <laughs> but at home, at home. Uh, but you know, I guess that's why Alex Grinch is my hero for OU versus Baylor. Bye bye, oh, Big Twelve no. Mims. Oh no, 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 no. <laughs> okay, it's funny. Speed that D, Speed D did it for us, and you know it. I okay. Speaking of defensive coordinators, <laughs> my biggest villain is actually Mike Stoops. Like, I actually wrote him down. Mike Stoops is the biggest villain for 14. I, I will not, that is the most unforgivable. The fact that he still had a job for several years after that is absolutely mind boggling <laughs> and proof that nepotism does not work. Oh, man. Poor guy. Oh, my God. Yes. Obviously, the biggest villain is you can say Stoops for probably like Mark Stoops, obviously um for uh mike stoops god i botched that i just mark mike stoops <laughs> i don't know i <laughs> think i'm in Kentucky. the sec mindset already <laughs> no That's mike fair. mike stoops obviously you know could be a villain for a lot of us with a lot of these teams because there's always some negative thing that happened you know with him at the helm of defensive coordinator uh but this first baylor obviously probably the most egregious yeah yeah no for for sure um but yeah, I, th- I think that 2019 comeback also kind of nails Jalen Hurts as the biggest hero, though, in a way. Because mm-hmm. there, there are people who made that moment happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, Nick Benito. I think that was one of that. That was his biggest moment at OU. Yep. Uh, getting that pick. Um, but I, I think Hurts is it gets the villain or the sorry the hero nod for uh, 19, um, and he's pretty good in the championship as well. Um, now that was a wild game. Game of runs. OU started hot. Baylor punched back. OU punched back. Then Baylor punched back. No one could really, really, I don't know, get a hold of it. Um, and Baylor almost killed killed the game with that just absurd run in the fourth oh quarter. God. That Trey Brown, who only had one tackle. Yeah. That was his only tackle of the game, but he made it count, stopped him. Baylor had to settle for a field goal. Game goes to overtime. Um that was a that was a nuts game. That was a very, mm-hmm. very wild. I remember that just watching that Trey Brown takedown, and I was just like, my heart was just dropping. It, it was such a clutch play, and I feel like that play got played over and over and over on social media afterwards. Yeah, I, I mean, how could it not? It was an unreal mm-hmm. like amount of speed. Like people tracked the speed and everything, mm-hmm. and it was something nuts. But uh, saved <laughs> saved OU a Big Twelve championship. Got OU a, into the college football playoff. Uh, kept those hopes alive with that. Um, that game shouldn't have been close. That it, let's be honest, that game should not have been all that close. Um, mm-hmm. it, OU should have pulled, like had moments where they should have pulled away. Never did. Um, I forget CD Lamb wasn't in the first game, so this mm-hmm. so we had CD for this one, and he immediately got hot. Uh, had that crazy touchdown to start. Uh, one hundred seventy three yards on, on eight eight receptions only. Uh, just wild stuff. Uh, Jalen was. You know, Jalen was Jalen. He was pretty good. But um, yeah, ultimately, I think if you had to rank the Big 12 championships, uh, this is probably the least exciting one of the mm. of the modern Big 12 or the yeah. least good. Mm. I, I completely agree with that. Yeah, I think this one I think this one is slightly more unpleasant than Iowa State. But it still was like such a big win for us because that win we kind of like squeaked ourselves into the college football playoff. And I understand what happened afterwards versus LSU. Like the, still the train horn that played in Mercedes-Benz <laughs> Stadium, every single touchdown that LSU got haunts my nightmares. Like legitimately, whenever I hear like one of those like 
just soundboard train horn kind of sounds, maybe in a movie or whatever, I immediately think I go right back to where I was watching Joe Burrow just sauce us up. But anytime you can get an opportunity to go to a college football playoff after, you know, really counting us out earlier in the season is a huge win. And, you know, beating Baylor, coming back 28 to three, and then, you know, holding them off and winning a close game in the Big 12 championship was a very, very big deal. And I think it was a very big deal for Jalen Hurts, too. You know, you talk about the guy that Jalen Hurts is now today, you know, the highest played player in NFL. Um, and it's one of the most, you know, electric quarterbacks that we have in the game of football. That run that he did, even though it didn't end well at Oklahoma in the bowl game, earned him a second round pick that he would have never, ever gotten if it wasn't for OU and Lincoln Riley. Yeah. I mean, undoubtedly, undoubtedly that run he had was, I, I mean, it was unreal. Just it, obviously no one was beating Burrow that year for the Heisman, but he was just so impressive. Um, the way he, and and you got to give Lincoln credit. He made the offense work around him um, and it worked really well. For, for the most part, um, Jalen was incredible at OU and it was the start of something where you see that progress, that final product in the NFL dude's unreal dude is. Unreal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. And like, you know, Jalen hurts, wasn't the perfect quarterback. We talked about it a lot. There was a lot of times we critiqued him a lot because he would throw against his body back into the middle of the field. He make bad decisions, but Lincoln Riley taught him, you know, we like to talk a lot of, you know, bad stuff about Lincoln Riley, but taught him a lot of key things and how to play the game as a quarterback and play smart. And I think he learned a lot. And in Philadelphia, obviously the, um, you know, Shane Steichen and then like Nick Sirianni there, like play really, really good and like making sure they played to his strengths. Now I feel like he's grown so, so much. And it's crazy. We talk about the butterfly effect, just transferring from Alabama, you know, the whole Tua benching him is I guarantee you if Tua never benched him, he would not have millions and millions, tens of hundreds of millions of dollars that he has right now. Yeah, he never would have been the quarterback he was. And I, you got to give Lincoln credit for that. This is that was his best coaching job by far. Like mm -hmm. the amount of the amount of talent that Kyler Murray had, the amount, amount of talent, talent Baker had uh, entering was a, just kind of natural next level. But yep. the the quarterbacking ability from from Jalen's last year to that to that year in 2019, even from start to finish, you, you saw the progression that whole season. And um, yeah, just a truly in, insane. It's crazy that we talk about him and he's easily the best quarterback in the NFL from OU. Um, mm -hmm. I never would have thought that would, it would have happened. Uh, I, I would have thought a solid NFL career would have been good, but this is unheard of. It's awesome yeah. stuff. All right. Shall we move on to talk a little bit about what happened after 2019? Ooh. <laughs> uh, it all goes down from here. Uh, well, maybe not all because we win in 2020 uh, in a COVID game. Um, mm -hmm. Dave Aranda's first year, unremarkable game, a little spicy, but uh, you know, OU wins, not a big deal. Um, Charlie Brewer, um, I believe at the helm still. Yep. And then uh, 2021, um, Caleb Williams, OU's undefeated, starting championship November. <laughs> and this is where everything goes off the wheels. So everything goes completely off the rails here. Um, so there was some weirdness kind of going on the season. Uh, obviously we talked about it in our Kansas pod, you know, putting mm -hmm. up zero points in the first half to the Jayhawks. Not great, but we kept 
kind of I, I it, okay let's be honest it was denial a little denial mm-hmm. a little yep. delusion absolutely that you know they're still undefeated they might find a way they keep finding a way to win and then it all completely collapses at McLean Stadium. OU gets off to a hard, hot start, goes up 7 nothing, and then it just, the offense just goes complete. It was not a hot start. We didn't score until the second quarter. That first quarter was miserable. It was miserable. I thought we Nobody... took the first lead. Yeah, was we took the first lead, quarter? but it was in the <laughs> second quarter. It was 0-0. Oh, my God, I forgot about that. <laughs> yes, because I'm watching this game. I'm like, woof. Like, this is, this is not good. You know, like, obviously – I thought we had, had an electric offense, but it was just more sputtering. It's just these growing pains that we were talking about from Caleb. You know, like he has these high moments, but he like sputters out a little bit. And then things were just nasty that, for the rest of that game. And uh, we can't talk about this game without talking about the ending, obviously. You know, we were down 24 to 7 after Gary Bohannon ran it in with four minutes left. The game's way out of hand. Now, Kennedy Brooks gets one more touchdown. And then at the end of the game, as Baylor's running out the clock, they kick a 32-yard field goal as time expires whenever they were up by 10 to win the game by 13 and caused a huge commotion after the game. I feel like the players didn't go on to the, into the locker rooms for like an hour after that. It was, it was miserable. Dave Aranda comes out, says, uh, I wanted to make sure I didn't have to worry about a tiebreaker. There was not even a close tiebreaker at the end of the season. I understand what he was thinking. I understand he's being a winner. And if I'm playing NCAA football, I'm doing the same damn thing. Um, but um, this is not a video game. Adding three points for point differential. Yeah, it didn't end up mattering. Um, OU still had the, actually still had their, you know, destiny in their hand there. But mm-hmm. it, I will say, I see why they did it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you do it and then you realize, oh, the fans are on the field. Never mind. <laughs> I, I won't defend what Lincoln Riley putting that much offense to it. It was a, a little much. And I will say of the like, there are two things that I, I regret sticking up for Lincoln for that and the brisket he made. I, I do not know why <laughs> I stood, stood up for the brisket, even in the slightest, because that brisket was awful. That decision to complain was awful. And Look, I'll say this, though. That, that wasn't the most embarrassing thing Lincoln did that game. The most embarrassing was pulling Caleb Williams and putting in Spencer Rattler. <laughs> like, that was going to change or help anything at all. How did I forget about this? That third quarter was just so bad. No, Caleb was bad. Caleb was bad. He was he, he ended the game 9 for 18, 142 yards, two picks, no touchdowns. Yeah. But, but, Spencer Rattler is not going to change the game. <laughs> It is not a skill set to change the game. Go ahead. You know, I was just thinking, you know that one, uh, it's like this baseball meme video where the, the pitcher comes running from the dugout out and you just see the catcher like look down and just like get really disgusted. That's what happens when Spencer Rattler was running out on the field. Everyone was just like, oh no. It was, it was a bad feeling. It, being, being in the OU section at, at, at Baylor was, like, was not a good feeling. And I will say, I, I'm not sure if it was either that or the fact that I decided to eat a uh, Earl Campbell sausage wrap at halftime, but I just got a sinking feeling in my stomach when, <laughs> when, when, when Rattler came out there. It's like, oh God, we, we, we're really desperate. This isn't good. Cause we weren't, I don't even think we were even down that much at all. It was, um, let me tell it you. It got out of, like really quickly in the fourth quarter. 
Right, but it it hadn't gone it hadn't gotten that bad yet. No, right? it was it was a ten to seven game it, in the third quarter for the majority of it. OU did not score. It's from they scored seven points in the second quarter, ten minutes left, and then did not score again until two minutes to go in the fourth quarter. So yes, it was still close, but the you know Baylor didn't blow us out until the fourth quarter began. Right. Yeah, it was, it feels like it was worse than it was, but it, it wasn't. It's because that fourth quarter was just such a punch to the mouth. Like we are trying everything and it felt like we kept getting opportunities, you know, as an Oklahoma football team, especially in the Lincoln Riley era, if another team that you're playing against is not scoring against you drive after drive and you continue to do the same it's just so horrible. Like you're just giving it away at that point. Like how can we not win a football game? If that team against us is giving us opportunities to build a lead against them to score points. And we couldn't. I, it's just, it's pretty unacceptable, but I also, mm-hmm. I, I just, I just found Spencer Adler's plays. Yes. Pass it or complete to Mike Woods. Pass it <laughs> com- complete. Pass complete to Jane Hazelwood for one yard. Nice. Sacked by TJ Franklin for loss of one yard. <laughs> Michael Turk punt. <laughs> and then, <laughs> I mean, it's just not good. It's not good at all. He, he then just kind of, he, he did have a couple passes to Mike Woods, but he, he just, it's just not good. It's really no. not good. No. I, I, I don't know that that was the beginning of the end because I believe that was the week before, like the week before Lincoln, like missed his press conference and mm. was kind of getting all that, like kind of, it was starting to feel weird. Yeah. He was sick. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. not good. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely sick. Uh, I, I, maybe, <laughs> maybe it's jet lag. I don't know, but um, not great. Imagine if he was at LSU right now, just imagine if he was at LSU and we were playing him on the road next year. Worse. That would be way worse. So it could have been, <laughs> could have been worse. It could have been worse, I guess. Well, not only just LSU, but LSU and definitely Caleb Williams. Oh God, Caleb that Williams would be LSU. absolutely crazy game. And I understand we get the doors knocked off us, but I'd still would be so into that. I kind of wish low key that that happened. It, it would be worth it just for the week of hype mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. all that. Even though, like, we got hyped for that LSU game and like the Peach Bowl, or you know, some of these are like Alabama and the Orange Bowl. And even though we got our doors broken off, you still get hype for a big game like that. You still are, mm-hmm. are excited. You don't don't walk in with your head head down and thinking you're going to get whooped, even though you do, mm-hmm. and you usually do at these moments. But mm-hmm. um, anyways, twenty one bad killed. Let's killed. not even talk about twenty two. Twenty two. <laughs> We didn't see a lot of that one because we were at a wedding, no. but yuck, awful. <laughs> this- it's one of those games where you're watching on your phone. I know everyone here has had that opportunity um, where people loved scheduling fall weddings and OU football games on, and you're like watching um, on your phone. The thing is, Bobby and I were both in the wedding, and they're taking like you know groomsmen pictures, and I was like, shit, 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 and we'd have to put our phones down because you couldn't have your phone in your pocket because it looked bad in a picture. So we legitimately couldn't even just go off to the side and watch it. We had to take pictures at the time. Came back to our phone like, oh my God, Baylor scored. They're winning. And it was like, in the fourth oh. too. Yeah. It was in the it fourth. Was, it was not not a fun game and not a fun experience. But I'm I guess we kind of saved ourselves by not watching a lot of it. Yeah. And I, I will say this too with that Baylor loss is there was 
I don't want to say optimism because that's not the right way, but in the same way that like, um, in the same way that Baylor kind of killed everything in uh, 2014, where it's like, okay, like we might have a good year. Who knows? Like we might make a little run and then Baylor comes in and just ends everything. That was the case here. You know, we had three losses, but like there was still an outside shot at the big 12 maybe. And it's like, well, I could, mm-hmm. you know, we beat Kansas and we beat Iowa state. Like might finish strong. And then we just limped in that game. And a man named squirrel just dismantled us and just took us and threw us in the dumpster. <sighs> squirrel, I'm pretty sure squirrel, like, He's he he didn't really play anything. I don't remember him being good before, and I don't even know he, if he was good after. Even he wasn't. He wasn't. He people only knew him just because of his name, and the announcers loved saying it every single time. But he was a change of pace back. He just yeah. destroyed us, is what it was. Because um, the guy who was in front of him, I forget, they had like a bunch of running backs that year, um, was out. So Squirrel got a lot of run, hundred ninety two yards. Which <laughs> yeah, not good. Uh, it's, I mean, especially when you're playing a team, you know, Blake Shapin had a 16.2 QBR. <laughs> what are we doing? QBR and you score 38. Like how bad do you have to be defensively? We couldn't stop him at all. And like, I felt like offensively weren't awful except mm-hmm. for one guy. <laughs> oh, except for one guy. <laughs> Bully Ty were here. Uh, Dylan Gabriel's three picks blew it. Bad turnovers <laughs> blew it. So it's like yeah, that was horrible, Ugh, not good. But that is uh, the end of the Baylor series, unless we play them in the conference uh, championship, which sucks. There are several of these teams where it's like just over now, and that's one where I, I don't know. I wish we got one more crack at them. But so does that mean you're going to miss them? Because you no. wish you had one more. <laughs> yeah, because I can see your notes right now. I can see what you said about missing them. Yes, and it's quite quite adamant that you're not, but. You want one more crack at them. So isn't that kind of the definition of missing them? You know, you wish you had one more thing to say to them. No. So for me, it's like, it's that I didn't get the, that OU didn't get the final word. You know what I mean? It's like, Mm -hmm. if yeah, it's, it's like if it was like a breakup or something and right, like when you left, they said one thing that like, they got the last word. They had a sick burn and you, you forgot to respond to it. And you're just sitting there and you're like, man, they got the last laugh and I don't want to go back to it. I don't want to deal with it anymore, but I, I just inside my head, I hate that they got the last win. It, it mm. sucks because I mean, look, look at what, what A&M did with that last win. You know, I didn't think oh, of it. I didn't think of any course. of it at the, at the time in the cotton bowl, but they still lord that over us to this day. It's well, just, that's A&M. They, it's they, A&M. They, they, take what they can get. Yeah. Uh, who, yeah, Baylor, obviously not the same. Just, you know, some Baptist kids yell and kill. And, you know, that's, they're, they're really not that harmful. Or like, well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm just going to let Bobby keep talking. I think Maybe he's going to dig himself out of this hole. Let's see. Yeah. It. Let's see if he can do it. That would be the first time I ever did that. Uh, <laughs> uh, no. Yeah. I, like the... I don't know. Baylor still has that aw shucks mentality, I think, in terms of their fan base. I don't think they're, they don't have that arrogance that AM has or some other schools have. And that they're not as bad as AM, but I'm not going to miss them. I'm not going to miss everything that went down. Well, we'll not get into it, of course, but like everything that went down, I think is disgusting. And I still kind of think they should have gotten 
harshly more harshly penalized for everything mm. and i don't know the, the program as a whole i i just i don't like it i don't I, i'm not a fan and that's that's all i'll say mm-hmm. i i will if i if i am to speak i will i will be in big trouble no so I, I think i think a lot of people agree with your sentiment um bobby you're you're definitely not alone there um but I guess kind of to wrap it up, I kind of do also want to give a shout out to like, we're going to miss Baylor's basketball team as well. Like that team and what Scott Drew has built, built there is honestly special winning a national championship through for Baylor basketball um, and being such a, like a strong, you know, transfer portal kind of team to bring in, you know, veterans and having like a good team year in year out for a team like Baylor is like really impressive. And I think having them in our conference um, for basketball was always not like the kind of memories that we had with Kansas. You know, we had we had our episode last talking about all these basketball memories of Kansas, but Baylor is such a quality basketball team, and having a team like that in your conference um, is always a positive. I agree. Yeah, Baylor basketball was good. I, I will say I didn't feel the same bit of satisfaction when we beat them as when we beat – No. When, when we rarely beat Kansas. Mm-hmm. So they didn't have that prestige type of vibe. And I think – I don't know. I don't know. I, so yeah, I, I agree with you. Like we'll miss the, that a team of that caliber in basketball for sure. Like that, that was always fun. Um, yeah. Sure. And then they, they just become really consistent, you know, and the sec, you know, in terms of consistency with basketball, you really don't see it too much. Cause you know, you'd think Kentucky is kind of like the replacement for Kansas was Kentucky and um, Calipari. Calipari is honest, great recruiter, miserable coach, He's checked you out. know? Um, and so like, you don't have these kind of teams like Baylor in my opinion, cause you know, like Arkansas and Alabama have kind of popped up recently as teams that have kind of started to do well, but at the same time, they're just not like this, you know, perennial, you know, ba- you know what you're getting out of Baylor most years. So um, kind of, kind of a shame, I think losing kind of that competitive spirit of a team. Yeah. I get that. I, I think Baylor is just kind of embodies the depth of the big 12 in basketball, you know, mm-hmm. uh, losing that is going to, that's going to sting. You know, I, I think that was something that was special is knowing that game in game out, you're getting like the absolute toughest uh, opponents in basketball. Baylor was definitely a part of that. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I will miss, I will miss, uh, I would say I missed. Uh, I'll miss check stop. You know, going through for Kalachi. Yes, but... I was. I was going to say that. I wrote yeah. that in my notes. Yeah, great, great stuff. Well, you, you pass check stop going to College Station, and uh, <laughs> so there's that's a... <laughs> so we still get check stop. Kinda, I love che- love Kalachis. Um, <laughs> technically, not even in Waco. Um, their stadium's nice. Looks like mm-hmm. a big toilet, but it's nice. I don't know. <laughs> yes, you're gonna miss Chip and Joanna Gaines. No, <laughs> no, no, no. I, I will not miss Chip and Joe. I, I, if I if I if I if I miss them, I can turn on whatever uh, what Food Network and watch <laughs> ten hours of Chip and Joe coverage. It's, if they've made it over to Food Network, I'm nervous. That's like my safe haven over there. Do not do are not they HGTV? Over... Yes, it's HGTV. Oh, do yeah. not take do not take over Food Network, please. That's where I watch Guy Fieri on repeat. <laughs> yes, of course. Where where is your guy Funko? I see him. I see him. There he is. He's just hanging out in the corner. I love that. I know some people don't like taking Funkos out the box, but I just kind of like having guy in my hand. I'm a Funko out the box guy too, though. <laughs> well, I, I'm not a collector. I this is the only one I have. And yeah. Ashley gave it to give me, and she's obviously just too funny. 
Yeah, so. it's awesome. I only have we're two. going off the rails. Kick me off this podcast. By the way, yeah, see, uh, massive Funko collector, uh, Bowden Blake. By the way, I don't know. Yes. If we, yeah, his his collection is not turned towards his camera, but behind that, lots of Funko. So, uh, anyways, enough about Funko Pops. Let's let's end this thing. Um, no final thoughts, Jameson, before we say goodbye to Baylor? Yeah, I think my my uh, basketball thought was the last thing. I guess I didn't really say if I'm just going to I'm, I'm miss them. I think I kind of will just a little bit, to be honest with you, Bobby. I'm, um, I feel like we have some decent memories with them. And also, it doesn't help. Um, that, it doesn't hurt that my father-in-law is a big Baylor fan. And it was kind of fun going against yeah. them every year. That's true. That, that's a good point. And it was a good drive, like not like what four hours from here, really. Mm-hmm. You know, pretty quick go. Um, I'm gonna miss that accessibility, but other than that, meh. I could take it or leave it. You know, for me, I, I we have we have a way better Baylor in Fort Worth. You know, TCU is way more interesting to me. I'm gonna miss mm-hmm. it a lot more. Oh um, yeah, TCU yeah. is the one we'll miss the most. It's easy. Oh yeah, by far, by far. All right. Well, that was our episode. I guess Adam. Oklahoma State. What am I saying? Sorry. Sorry, <laughs> folks. <laughs> I'm sorry, folks. I, I'll miss you more. I promise. And that will be on the next episode. So stay tuned for that. Yes, Jameson. That's right. That is our our uh, series finale of Bye Bye Big Twelve. It's Oklahoma State. It's the Pokes. We're we're saying bye bye to Bedlam next time out. We're getting all three of us together, uh, bringing in Ty and saying our farewells to the last Big Twelve member, uh, Oklahoma State. Saying farewell to the pokes so that will be a very fun one make sure to tune in and look if you if you're a big 12 fan you like this make sure to stick around because you know what we have we talk college football every single week during the season on the weekend spread make every single pick for every single big 12 game uh so you're not we're we're, not only gonna get ou football stuff here Granted, if you're a Baylor fan and you listen to my uh berating of the bears here uh you probably don't want to listen to more but you can, you can stick around and call me an idiot and watch me lose picks. <laughs> so maybe stick around for that. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, make sure to hit that subscribe button. Keep that rolling if you're watching on YouTube. Uh, if you're uh, listening on the podcast feed, thank you so much for that as well. Um, so yeah. Well, Jameson, this has been fun taking a trip down uh, memory lane, down, uh, down to the Brazos. Say goodbye to Baylor. But it's time to wrap it up. So... Until next time, have a good one, everyone, and Boomer Sooner.